You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. It's so rare in modern society or current culture to have these moments of silence and solitude. Uh, It's like technology has stolen every chance we get to reflect, whether that's first thing in the morning, reflecting on the day ahead, or last thing at night, reflecting on the day that's been. Technology's even stolen our reflection space waiting for a coffee in line when we used to think about things or have to talk to somebody. There's so many aspects of our life that has just been filled, I guess, spaces that have been filled by technology and distraction. In those rare moments, when we do get the chance to stop and reflect, I don't know about you, but I have these memories or things that come up that I, I guess, regret. Uh, Past mistakes that come to my mind, moments of weakness or moments of brokenness. Whether that's a young Steve uh, thinking it's a good idea to try to eat 30 pizzas of pizza to impress his friends. (laughs) Or whether that's another or the same young Steve driving somewhere thinking he needs to get everywhere in a rush but ending up with hefty driving tickets. Maybe it's a past memory that's even more regrettable. Maybe it's something that you're really ashamed of. For me, um, one of the biggest things I'm ashamed of is a younger Steve, how he treated a particular ex-girlfriend. Now, she did become my wife, so things worked out and we worked through that, but a selfish younger Steve and the things he said, the things he did, if I'm honest, sometimes keep me up at night. Sometimes I reflect and I wear that guilt and I wear that shame on the way I've acted. I think things like, why did you say those things? In those moments of reflection, I think, oh, Steve, why did you say that or do that thing? I wish I could Marty and Doc Brown that thing and, 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 and eradicate it, go back and get rid of that. wish those memories didn't exist. I wish I didn't have to carry those things. wish I didn't have to carry that guilt and that shame. And while reflection is extremely healthy, I get that living in the past, when we reflect on the things we could have done differently, when we we cringe at the things we think of, of past selves, it is a healthy reminder sometimes that we've all made mistakes, that we're all not perfect. It's in these moments that we can come to terms that every single one of us has done broken things. And I guess the main question I want to ask through this video is, what do you do with that though? Where do you take that? Do you hold on to that? Do you live out of that? Do you let some of it define who we are? What do you do with your brokenness? You can distract yourself as much as you want, but the brokenness still stays there. (laughs) I mean, we, we are distraction kings and queens. The latest app, the latest phone, the latest Netflix series. We can keep this baby going so we never even have to consider for a moment some of the deeper and darker things about ourselves. We can keep drinking. We can numb it with something we're smoking. We can keep the party party rocking, hopefully long enough that we never come down, which we do, but in the hope that we never have to consider this brokenness. Or we could try religion (laughs) or religious acts more specifically. And this is the part you're like, boom, here he goes. He's going to tell me that I need to do good stuff in order to to counter level the bad stuff. And I'm sorry to disappoint. Doing good stuff is great, but doing good stuff doesn't magically fix or address the brokenness. And so religious acts, religion in some contexts can be just, just as damaging. 
or just as alluring, I guess, but still just a distraction. You can try Eastern spirituality, I guess. You can vibrate to a whole new level. Try to reach Nirvana, not so much the 90s rock band, but to not exist. As they say in The Matrix, there is no spoon. You can vibrate to a place where there is no brokenness. Or try karma, kind of a cosmic blame shift where it's not you that has the brokenness, it must be something else you either you did or someone else did. You can sort of shift the blame. And I'm painting with broad strokes here, I get that. But you have to admit, that's just escapism. <laughs> that's just more distraction. Still, none of those things get to address the brokenness head on. None of those things actually go into the brokenness and deal with it. So the question then becomes, what does? <laughs> the question is video, what does address the brokenness? Let me park that thought for a moment because I want to talk about something else for a sec. I want to talk about probably a, a very, one of the world's best known symbols across now, crucifixion was something the Roman Empire cooked up and, and it was a way originally, in its original form, was a way of torturing and killing people via suffocation as they hanged on the cross. The word excruciating actually comes from the word crucifixion, giving you an idea that the whole experience was not just bad to die, but also painful in doing so. And it was more than just a way to, to, way to die in ancient Rome. It was a statement. They would hang these crucifixions on intersections in road, so people walking as they approached the city would know what the Roman Empire stood for. It was a symbol in those people's minds of death. It was a symbol of fear, control. It was a way for the empire to say exactly what it means to stand against them, exactly what it means to step out of line. So how on earth did a symbol that meant all of that now become this kind of popular symbol in modern age to wear around your neck, to uh, put and hang from your car. <laughs> the empty cross now meaning new life, hope, faith, spirituality. How on earth does that drastic, I guess, rebranding happen? How do you change the identity of something that means fear and control into hope and life? How did the cross so drastically change its meaning? Well, Jesus died on it. The letter to the early Christians in the book of Hebrews says this, explains it this way. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So you have humanity and brokenness and a question of what you do with that. And then you have this symbol, the cross. I wanna suggest that those two things aren't just two random stories or two random examples, but they are completely intertwined. You see, to take on our brokenness head on, to not just sugarcoat it, to not escape it, to not ignore it, to not make ourselves feel better and distract ourselves from it, it needed a solution at first glimpse, the disciples, and, and at first glimpse, even hearing a story, how can someone dying on something fix it? But then upon reflection, it actually makes perfect sense. It's the only way to come into the brokenness. It was the only way to pay the bill that was due. It's the only way to kill the brokenness itself. 
It was the only way to take that shame and guilt on becoming that shame and guilt on the cross and killing it once and for all, making and paving a way to live a new life, (laughs) to live in a new way, not carrying brokenness, but carrying hope. Now, side note, I'm not suggesting that by dying on the cross, he stopped worldly consequences. If you have sped or committed a crime recently, (laughs) that's still going to catch up. I could spend a whole heap of time in this video talking about the mechanics of it. We could talk about how justice needed to be served. We could talk about how the ransom needed to be paid, that victory needed to be won, which is all true. But it's not the purpose of the message today. Rather, in this season, I trust and I hope that this idea of brokenness being destroyed, the shame and guilt being taken, I hope that that speaks to something deep within your bones. I mean, it's already within our common psyche. It's, it comes through in all our art. I mean, just look at any pop sort of culture movie. Uh, Harry Potter, what was the end solution? The boy that had to die. And where do you think that is taken from? Or you've got the classic Matrix. Neo has to die to, to, to smash the Matrix. Or recently, the absolute cultural phenomenon known as Avengers. Tony Stark, what was the ultimate price that Tony Stark or Natasha Romanoff had to pay? That's right, they had to die. That was the ultimate play to fix everything. There's something within us, something within our art, something within our universal structure, within our bones that says to ultimately tackle this head on, for things to be made right, someone has to die and he did. Not just die though, (laughs) or not just stay dead. But for at least what I believe and what people witnessed 2,000 years ago and what people have experienced since then is that he came back to life. And this is important because he didn't just, he wasn't just all talk around defeating the brokenness. He actually proved he had the power to do so. He actually proved his divinity. That means he actually had the power to turn our guilt, our shame, our death into hope, freedom and life. So the invitation this Good Friday church is the same. Whether you've been a Christian for seven seconds or 172 years, (laughs) it's the same invitation Jesus gives his disciples. When he says, then the Jesus told his disciples, then he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Jesus is telling his disciples, like he does again in communion, to remember the cross. Remember the power of death and resurrection. It's not, it's a daily reminder, according to Jesus. It's not a once in a lifetime reminder. It's a daily practice. So Burley Church, this Good Friday, as we we sit in uncertain times and strange moments, but as we spoke last week, with room to reflect though, hey? (laughs) And space in that uncrowded moment to think about what are the things that you need to maybe pick up and now to that cross with Jesus? What are the things you need to die to? What are the things when life goes back to normal, and it will, that you don't want to pick up again? 
that you don't want to take with you into the post-coronavirus world? What are some addictions? What are some things that have been struggling? What are some relationships that are broken that you need to give to Jesus? You can have a little ceremony in your home or whatever that looks like. I don't know what it looks like. For previous years at church, we've written on sticky notes and burnt them. (laughs) Previous notes, we stuck them to the cross. We don't have that. We're not together at the moment. We are together online. And I ask and invite us, church, this Good Friday, just take a moment to reflect on what it looks like to nail that stuff up, to die to some things in yourself that are maybe a little bit dark, a little bit hurtful, a little bit shameful, making you feel a little bit guilty and walk into Sunday afresh, celebrating a new life with Him. Let me pray. Father God, I just um, I just pray on this Friday <laughs> as we remember why it's good. And it's not just because you died, but it's because you died. And then we know on Sunday you rose again, conquering sin, taking it once and for all, Lord. And I just, Father, I just pray that your spirit stirs within our community, stirs with those watching this video, and maybe brings up some things that in this uncrowded moment, in this season of Easter, that we can bring some things to the cross, nail them up, kill them, and let you deal with them, Lord. Whether that's some anxiety, whether that's some distrust, whether that's some broken relationships, we don't kill the relationships, Lord, but we give them to you to restore and let them go. Whether that's some addiction, whether that's some bad behavior, whether that's some ego and some selfishness, Lord, I just pray whatever it is this Easter, don't let us return to normal whenever normal is and whatever normal is, still carrying this stuff this Easter. Father, I pray that we can deal with it. You can pay for it as you already have and that we can be, in a sense, risen again on Sunday, having it being addressed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this morning in this rather short and maybe very well very different good friday and i look forward to seeing you and doing this again on easter sunday and celebrating all that jesus is doing in our lives thanks for tuning in (laughs) see you sunday